the mat suit. Al, is this thing working? It's working while we're twerking. You better hope it's not working. <laughs> we're twerkers for Jesus. Okay, I'm Worldwide done. Ministries I'm, International. I'm getting out of here. Twerk. Well, I was going to take the day off and do something productive with my life, but we're here yet again. Might have fun tonight. Might be serious. You never know. I'll have fun when it's serious. Uh, that's fun for me. But it's going to be fizzy and gutsy. Reading my sermon off the back of a pop can ministries. <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of glory on the culture uh, pop, fizzy, zesty, zingy, spicy, gutsy ministry. There was there was one time I think Jake probably remembers this. I I video called him to read off the back of a pizza box because I was so high in the glory that night. Everything was speaking wonders, revival, like all the mysteries of the celestial realms, and it was like the back of a pizza box talking about. Joel's army or something like that, and um, and, uh, and the peanut butter. Pack of the pizza box. I don't ministries. know. It was. I'll never forget that. It was the ev all the elements were prophesying in my pantry. It was just absolutely. Did you incredible. know, for real, that I was on the back of a milk carton box twice when I was a child? I'd been missing. They and thought I was taken by man, but it was actually alien abduction. <laughs> I was hoping the alien or the aliens. We might need angels. a cat scan. I was hoping the angels. The probes are still in there. <laughs> I thought the angels that I sent to your house today were gonna maybe abduct you. I wasn't sure. I was the checking. truth is that's where we get our mystery doctrine from. The alien probing. No. So if you want to uh, gift a friend a cool experience. Instead of just Fun like, the instead of just out of your need for human interaction, messaging people and clawing at their whatever, you know, you want to suck them dry for some substance. What you can try doing instead that'll really bless someone is pray for angels to be sent to their house. I had a really, we had a really cool uh, experience today. I was just thinking about tall, white angelic. Aliens. Don't send the graves though. Just don't don't no send aliens. We do not we do not endorse sending aliens or alien looking demons to your friend's house. You know, we the Hebrew word for aliens gods is Elohim, same one for you. Explains a lot. Stranger in a foreign land, an alien. They were aliens in a foreign land. Uh, but I was re recalling some of my favorite angelic encounters uh, since rising on sapphire stones. And it's really cool when you can feel the presence of an angel, but it's really, there's something really special. If you can hear one or see one or see something flashing from them, it's, it, 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 it boosts your faith. It totally transforms your day. It's just like, oh man, it, it sets the tone for the rest of the day for you. It, it just does something. And so I was recalling these experiences and I thought, man, I really want Brandon to have an amazing experience in his time on Sapphire Stone. So I started praying. Uh, you know, we just send some angels to Brandon today. They'll be so wonderful. He could just see some kind of special angelic thing. That's so I was when praying I saw the UFO. That was, tell the truth. This is the truth show. What did you see? <laughs> this is the truth show. I'm so drunk, though. Okay. When I opened up my window today, I decided to be openly gay. I'll be praying for more angels. And that's when I saw Yod Hey. You like that, don't you? Are you gonna tell them what you saw? I saw sparkling lightnings. 
over the lake and it was like a light show outside my house. And I've been blasted ever since. It's pretty much the best day of my entire life. When I get encouraged, I just go into straight <laughs> comedy hour. Yeah. Joking around nonstop because I'm having so much fun with God. That's how I rejoice always. Hey, man. Either that, we just talk about money all night. We couldn't. And I know half of you would die and go away sad, so we're just gonna goof off. From Goofenberg. Okay. In the Goofen Glory. In the Goofen Glory. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Don't mind if S I do partake. Serious angel, and then the nonsense angel tonight. Mm -hmm. Like the yin and the yang. Oh, that's not redeemable. Don't mention that. Uh, I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you like the new filter on the camera? Isn't that cool? Oh, look at that. I like the, the color accuracy and the, and the vibrancy at the same time. That's really if, nice. if when it flickers off my glasses, it's like sunbeams. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> That is the face of a complete king. Or it is written, David sang about himself with an illuminated face. Everybody's wrong except for me. Malkut, the perfect king, it is written. What is the psalm of David? You know, I got so drunk today. What is the psalm of David? It's the psalm that David sang about himself. <laughs> Man, I just started roaring after I heard that today from the Holy Ghost. So, have your own psalms, your own songs, songs, hymns, and spiritual songs about you. Because that's when your face is really shining. Realize, the song of God is you. You can just, on your way home from Joel's Bar tonight, just singing, I am the champion, my only friend. It say, it's all about you, Jesus. There's no one like, then you gotta switch that up now with that revelation. It's all about me, me Jesus. Me Jesus. <laughs> oh, that could buddy. be a cool shoe brand. So if when you guys want to open up the Some of y'all worship Meezy. Jesus. The new, the, have you seen the new Meezies that dropped? Or new <laughs> Let me know, because I need to color coordinate my outfit. you guys just need to be tickled by the Holy Ghost, I can tell. Tickle time. You have blockages of joy. So I'm just going to loose the tickling angels upon your armpits. Tickling angels upon your armpits. It's also called waging Christian warfare. Until you laugh and have a blast. And the Holy Ghost class. Hmm. So what's going on, Rebecca? Oh. I want to share some revelation. You know what astonished me and almost got me angry? Jacob was buried with Leah, with the patriarchs, and Rachel was not. It was for a purpose. I almost got pissed off about that, to be honest with you. Because I like Rachel better than Leah because I read the Bible and realize she's favoring Leah. Barely favor. Leo. Why do you think? Why do you think the two kids that came out good were Joseph and Benjamin? Everyone else was missing a part of their true destiny, you know but it gets Lord redeemed in the stars. You gotta check this out. This freaking blew my mm -hmm. mind. Leo represents like the human woman, Rachel the divine woman, and man, when I said this too, because I was like, 
honestly a little bit concerned and offended that <laughs> Rachel wasn't buried with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their wives because surely uh, Rachel was the greatest wife of, of Jacob and it's written in the word. Man, the Lord hit me hard and almost started weeping. He's like, the divine woman was always destined to be married to God. She was buried in Bethlehem because she represents the bride of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> she had a good inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, that's way better than the field of the Hittites. Mm-hmm. She represents the Shekinah glory too. How many years did Jacob have to work for the Shekinah glory to be married to him? Because of Laban, there was a delay, but he was supposed to be only seven years. He was there 20. 20 years because of that Egyptian What's supposed warlock? to happen in the seventh day that we're entering? Why is there all this red magic interference about the kingdom age manifestation? It's the spirit of Laban, you understand? Now, we've never taught this before, but it is the truth anyhow. Just as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are the patriarchs of righteousness, Laban, Beor, and Balaam are the patriarchs of sorcery. Yeah. Now, since it's three, and the third gave birth, gave, gave birth to the twelve, which are the twelve tribes of Israel, what did Balaam birth? Janes and Jambres, only two. Why only two? Because the two represent what will be devoured by the twelve. So the patriarchs of righteousness gave forth twelve, which is the government of the universe, by which all who ascend into the heavens rely on. The two are Thebes. They represent black and white witchcraft. And if you go into your fathers, just like if you go into Isaac and Abraham, there's a greater blessing and a greater reward. Isaac received what a thousandfold reward, Deuteronomy 111. It was a thousandfold. So with Janes and Jambres, the sons of Balaam, the son of Beor, the son of Laban, the patriarchs of sorcery, witchcraft, and the ten types of the magic arts. There are ten magic arts. These represent the ten kings of the book of Revelation. You read the book of Revelation, there's ten wicked kings. We say, oh, that's the Caesars. It is. Scripture is like millions of levels deep. It also represents the ten forms of occult magic of the fallen angels. And all ten are maxed out in Revelation of the evil woman. What's the evil woman? The one not joined to Jesus. Anyone not joined to Jesus is already participating in the ten kings, married to another. And the only way you'll ever overcome Babylon the Great and Babylon the Great's ten kings is if you're married to Jesus and become faithful. No one comes into Jesus faithful. You learn faithfulness. That's why she's called first a sister, then a bride. My sister, my bride, Song of Solomon, it is written. Because you're first a sister, then you learn to be a wife. A faithful and true wife written on your thigh, which means walk in the walk as you talk the talk. <laughs> true wives have thigh tattoos. <laughs> That's the conclusion I'm drawing from this sermon. <laughs> Get tatted up with the glory. <laughs> okay. 
That's right. <laughs> Shallow conclusions. Leviticus on track. <laughs> if thou finds a tattoo, they shall be stoned. <laughs> How do you think they got that tattoo? <laughs> the truth is, if we were living in those times, I would have never gotten a tattoo. <clears throat> Seriously. Yeah. I've been all up in there with Moses the best I could every day. But we're living in the USA. Hip, hip, hooray. I probably would have been like Rahab letting the dudes down. <laughs> and it's a different time. <laughs> you never know where you could end up in the Old Testament. In the heavenly rhyme. Let's be honest, most of us probably would have died. <laughs> <laughs> I believe his grace is sufficient <laughs> and that he has placed you in the correct geography so with the amount of grace to fulfill your destiny already. Look at what she's doing right now. Mm -hmm. So what we're learning is how to flow with the Holy Ghost into higher places. Higher places require higher thought life. Higher thought life requires a higher food. Men must eat the bread of angels. And then women must eat them too. And when you rise, you realize there's no male or female in Christ. It's all just a big comedy show. It's called The Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Everyone married to him has entered the joy and has a joy-infused personality to be enthroned in the heavens over the animals, mocking sins. People often take it personally and say, he's talking about me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you're talking about me. No, I'm talking about sins. Mm -hmm. As soon as you get the joke and begin to laugh at yourself, it gets washed out of you. No. Psalms 2.4. He's enthroned in the heavens laughing. What is the substance of the laughter of Jesus Christ, the joy of the Father, the Torah of the Father? Rivers of living water. So this water is the alive with the fruits of the Spirit. It is the very life and energy of God that the angels call mm -hmm. ecstasy. And it comes from the throne. It's very expensive ecstasy, but it will also put you in an eternal rave. You'll be raving mm -hmm. about it. Yep. Now, if I was in charge of your familiar demons as a captain of the enemy host, this is what I would do with all that revelation. So if I was in charge of your demons as an enemy host, I would instruct them to take that revelation. Uh, there is no more uh, male or female, so it doesn't matter if your innermost circle of friends are boys or girls, men or women, because it doesn't matter, and it's all we're just in the spirit. And to kind of let down the guard around your heart so we can pollute the wellspring of life so that you can never rise on that fountain up to the moon into the sun. Or if you do get up into the sun or higher, you would stop growing or step outside of the narrow path. So just take that with you as well while we're learning all these things because this is called the D the demon playbook. It's dem demonic protocol. It exists in the invisible realm. Uh, so if you understand their playbook a little bit better, you understand their protocol. When you get revelations like these, you can understand, okay, here's the revelation, but what do the demons like to do with revelation? So that way you can enjoy your revelation, but you can walk a life of holiness and set that standard because understanding where we're at in our growth right now and where the susceptibilities are to get off of the narrow path uh if you understand righteousness you understand holiness you understand like you know for me as a woman my inner circle of people i text and talk to on a daily basis it's not going to be men right and why is that like oh well i got freedom i can do blah 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 we're just feeling high in the glory 
Okay, see you down and get... If you fall from the second heavens really bad, there's a high chance, unless you have people above looking out for you, that you'll end up in Jezebel's meat grinder. So definitely not a cool place. I've seen it in person, out of body and the spirits. Not a happy place. So you, we don't want you to end up in Jezebel's meat grinder. We want you to be in the highway of holiness. Oh, we want okay, you to go up. Hit yet? Can I get a witness? The angels are flashing. Because they know. Like, they've seen it. Like, it's not... It's an imaginary thing. It's an actual place. So you're telling me the animal is ever hearing but never understanding. But we want you guys. We got better things in mind for you guys because we want you to. We want you to have a successful, fun, intoxicating, exhilarating, thrilling journey into the into the second heavens. What is rightly dividing the word of truth? See, when the word of truth comes forth, the Bible says it has to be rightly mm -hmm. divided. Yep. Oh, we're getting serious with you now. <laughs> yeah. What is rightly dividing yeah, wisdom? Me it means too. that there's consequences <laughs> to sin and benefits towards righteousness. Right. Without it rightly divided, it's all just fluffy, fake grace, false right. love. Mm -hmm. And you go into the imprisonment of the fallen angels no matter what mm -hmm. you hear because you hear it into the animal. And if the animal's not mm -hmm. divided as the animal sacrifice, it goes mm -hmm. into the flesh in the carnal person who's mm -hmm. fading and you die after hearing the gospel and it doesn't benefit you. Right. And so, you know, and there's a, you could spend a lot of time rising and going up and trying to learn, but the whole process, if you go through the studies that we've done so far, what we've highlighted is pretty much like the fastest way to go up. So if you really hone into those key things going on, it's not about getting quantity of information. It's about knowing exactly what and when and where and why so that you can waste as little time as possible and spend as much time as you know being productive as far as going up upward motion and you know luckily for me that's a grace gift that god has given to me he's given me the ability to download and revelate on how to do this and so he's having me you know share that and and teach that and so we're sharing that and teaching that together now because brandon has his experience going up sapphire stones you know, again, so that you can have a great experience. We want you to have fun. We want you to feel good. And we want you just to understand the way and the ways of God so that instead of, you know, panic and paranoia and fear and freaking out about every time I'm being attacked, that you've got a really good uh, shield, really strong shield, really good quality armor uh, in the invisible secure helmet on so this thing's not, you know, getting tossed back in every wind you and every wind. You are being doctor. attacked. By the whirling sword of the Garden of Eden <laughs> of the Tree of Life. Yeah. So. Attacked by love. Oh yeah, and one of the things that the Holy Spirit highlighted is if some of you are really just struggling to get on the moon at least and maintain that elevation, I highly recommend you download the Arlem Glory Life app, and uh, you can do that on Android or iOS. And if you create a login, you will have access to the section that's called School of the Magi. What that is, it's just a series of a lot of articles, some like Facebook posts, writings, I think there's some pictures and things like that in there. And check out the meme section in between uh, for your entertainment if you need a little break. But if you go back, those old writings, if you just, you know, look past, you know, look past whatever the level of immaturity was at that time, there are some really, really key points in there that you're not even going to find in the masterclass which is what I was posting and warring against as I was going up uh, from standing on the moon and going up into the sun and maintaining in the sun. So I would say if you're still struggling, like I don't even know if I'm there or I, I feel like I'm there and then I'm not, or I'm having trouble maintaining that. 
uh, definitely check out that section. That's going to help you a lot. And just remember on Judgment Day, Jesus is going to sit you down and check out to see if your memes were funny that you posted on Facebook. <laughs> what and did he you ain't think laughing, of you? might not make it. <laughs> Important. <laughs> Yeah. But Lord, I posted memes in your name. Mm -hmm. I know. But they weren't funny. Depart from me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you see the one with the cat? The RLM sucks. And he got a black cat with its claws whispering in the boy's ear. Just get me close enough and I'll do the rest. Amen. Bye, <laughs> Lori. <laughs> what else is going on? Ah. Uh, you guys encouraged? Be infused with inner strength from the Holy Ghost. And we'll, we'll deal with some unholy ghosts too. <laughs> A lot of what you deal with up here is the refinement of the animal sacrifice. Right, what goes on the trash heap versus what goes on the golden altar is an acceptable and perfect sacrifice. You know, if you read uh, Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 7, the overcomers are standing on the throne with the Lamb. Now, the only part of you that will ever stand on the throne, this is where you're meant to be, this is the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Notice it's not in front of Christ Jesus or below Christ Jesus. Scripture says, in Christ. Christ Jesus. He is the heights of victory, the heights of overcoming. To stand on the throne of the Lamb will require a complete sacrifice and a complete mind. A complete mind is the evidence of a complete sacrifice. If the mind is not yet complete and glowing in Shekinah, there are areas of your soul you're holding back sacrifice on the altar of the Holy Ghost. So, what does the Bible say? Seven torches are burning. These are likened to seven stars that burn you up so that you can go up in a constant rapture. Not a one-time rapture. An everyday, ever-increasing glory rapture through the sacrifice of the animal being. An animal being, what makes it animal? Sin. A living being, what makes it living? The blood of Jesus having burned out the sin. Now the blood of Jesus is on fire. The blood of Jesus flows from the throne in a glorified state. So it's not animal blood. It's not human blood. It's the blood of God transfigured. And it is physical. It is an energy that the Bible says has already filled the cosmos. Our job is to release it down into the earth Malkut. Bringing forth new earth from what Jesus has done for us, ascending into the heavens. What does the Bible say? The word of God is not on earth. It's written in 1 John. The word of God is not on earth, which means the Torah of God is not on the earth. So you have earthly Christianity mm -hmm. teaching earthly words. What's the evidence of that? Uh, in the Jewish writings, when they literally go to write Genesis, when they scribe it down, in the beginning, Bereshit is the very first word. There are certain instances where they write the letters in Hebrew just 
very like extra large like an, that one letter randomly being an extra large font and you might say oh well in this case it's just large because it's the beginning you might see that like you know an old english old type fonts um black letter you know that first big letter you know you see that but it's not uniform throughout the word like that but there are specific instances and this is only in handwritten legitimate torah where they, that's why they say if even a jot or a tittle is missing, it's not really Torah. It has to be to an exact standard, which means even those special case letters and those special endings and only very specific verses is because there's a secret hidden meaning in it. And if you look at the beginning where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, that extra large um, typeface there of that first letter indicates that that word, the whole word, what they're about to write, did not come from Earth, but it came from the world that is to come. It came from the heavenlies. So, Torah begins with the letter B, which is why I believe that's one of Metatron's nicknames. Yeah. The beginning and the end. Didn't start with the Aleph. It started with the, the B. That's right. Bereshit. Bereshit. Bara Elohim. So there are three witnesses in heaven. The Father, the Word, or you could say the Father, the Torah, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Father, Torah, and Holy Spirit are one. And there are three witnesses on the earth. This is 1 John 7 and 8 Amplified Classic. There are three witnesses on the earth. The Spirit, the Water, and the Blood. Notice... There's no Torah on earth. There's no word of God on earth. But how am I saved? It came down from heaven. So prostitution, guys, the horror Babylon activity, is turning the celestial into the terrestrial. Which means when you do that, you remain under the fallen angels because you don't ascend to where the bread comes from in heaven. Which means there's no glory given to God unless you meet him in the air. Meet him in the air. We have all these doctrines nowadays from the earth. It's a rapture. Everything's too far gone. Look at these Democrats and all this stuff going on. The truth is, you are meant to meet him in the air every day in your prayer life. And if you're not, you're majorly deceived in religious Christianity and it's killing you. There is no poison, no cancer more severe than earthly Christianity. It is a terminal sickness in the body of Christ is in stage four. Truth anyhow. Which means she doesn't have far to go. Doc, how much time do I have? <laughs> Six months? Years? Days? Five? Four? Three? <laughs> two? One? <laughs> Fit terminal. Religion is the source of all sickness and disease and all uncleanness. And it's everywhere. What is religion? Earthly divinity. It is using the holy scriptures in the earthly for the animal. You cannot be more apostate and more anti-Christ mm -hmm. than doing that. And that's tolerated in every mm -hmm. church called the Christian church in the world mm -hmm. right now. The word of God, it's the misuse of the word of God and the presence of God, right? Because that Shekinah, the presence of God, that was the very fruit that was misused in original sin. 
So, when people come and they want to separate that sapphire stone of Shekinah from the rest of God, of who he is, we just want your presence. We just want your glory. But without fulfilling any of his requirements out of the people. No sacrifice, no obedience, which means no true love. Just, I want to feel good. It's for my flesh. It's for my nefesh. Well, that is exactly the problem that got us kicked out of the garden in, this, in, in, in the original place. It's the misuse. Now, that whole fiasco that happened in the garden, you could say it was a tree, you can say it was fruit, but in the place, instead of spelling everything out for everyone, there's a, a little bit of a metaphor at play there. So, the truth is written, but it's written in such a way that it really, he covered them, right? God gave them covering. So just keep that in mind next time if you see someone's sin or their fault or their shortcomings. The heart of the Father, more often than not, is going to be to cover that and to pray for them. If there's no change of heart or if the Lord puts it uh, to you to confront, that's also an issue. But it's really, it's not the heart of the Father to go around looking at all the sins of his beloved, right, his children, and just putting them on blast, talking about it behind closed doors. If God reveals someone's sin to you, it's so that you can pray for them. It's so that you can cover them. It's so that you can, you know, he might give you an instruction at some point to confront it, but it's really the heart of the Father. He didn't want to put Adam and Eve on blast out there like that. And so the whole metaphor of the tree is really a type of a covering. And it should be, you know. Uh, they, some of the Jewish scholars, they would say the whole thing is, you know, you you go to heaven or for them back then, it might have been like, you know, Abraham's bosom. And they would, you know, they see Adam and they're like, what have you done? Like, what did you do to us? <laughs> you know, like people kind of think. And his thing was, well, you know, I had this one sin. You have at least, you know, more than four, more than five, more than ten, you know. Yeah. So we can't really give him a hard time, you know. No one can accuse Adam and Abe. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you had the same opportunity to go through the temptation they went through, do you really, without the grace of the New Testament we're walking in now, do you really think you would have done better? I don't think so. And I think there's a lot of love and covering in the heart of the Father for his children. So just keep that in mind, too, as you're moving and you're starting to go in sapphire stones. When you start to see, if God allows you to see kind of like life-ruining, sinful nature in someone, it's probably more likely that he's not asking you to post it online or to go around behind their back and talk about it. Um, just in case I, I, the that spirit wants to talk about little snitch. Yes, that's not the heart of the father. Well, they did Snitches this and get stitches. You know, imagine. So I know some of you are just perfect, but for everyone else, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody Did else. Get self-righteous religionists around her. Uh, clearly, it's something the spirit wants to talk about. Yeah, not so. the pellet gun. The BB gun. <laughs> it's the BB gun. Holy Ghost, AK-47 Ministries. But for everybody else out there who's not perfect and hasn't been perfect their entire lives, then you can relate to that. Imagine the very worst sin you've ever done. I mean, maybe you were lost, you weren't even saved, 
the very worst thing you've ever done that you just hope no it's one ever finds spouse. <laughs> never finds about. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's way up there. That worst sin that you just hope that nobody else would ever find about, and you sincerely regretted it, you sincerely repented of it. And imagine, let, let's say like, years and years go by, and then somebody wants to bring something up from your past, but God's already forgiven it. It's, it's way behind you, it's not even who you are anymore. Like, you're learning righteousness, you're walking in the path of righteousness. When you're walking and training in righteousness, and you've left your past behind, those things have no hold on you anymore. So you need to let that stuff go. And at the same time, if for some reason you find fault in someone, or you see there's a flaw that's still there, or you let's say you find out something about someone's past, you absolutely should not hold that against them, especially if they're learning and training in righteousness. Mm. It's so important. That is the heart of the Father, because the reason why I'm talking about this too, obviously the Spirit wants to talk about it, but what's one of the biggest problems in the core of Babylon, Jezebel Christian Church, is anytime if any, you know, dirt or skeletons from someone's past has literally nothing to do with who they are today, gets brought up, they're like, oh, this is a reason why they shouldn't have grace. I'm going to tell you right now, if God the Father has already forgiven someone of their sin and put it into the sea of forgetfulness, forget about it. You cannot hold grudges, you cannot hold people's past against them. That is not the way that is anti-grace, that is anti-Christ activity. And you want to, also you want to sow in mercy because there's going to be a day you might need to be shown mercy, right? Nobody has lived a perfect life. All have fallen short of the glory of well. God, except, you know, except, David. except for our David. Singing songs about himself. <laughs> Anyway, when, so, when your accusers that? are digging up your past, they're necromancing, mm -hmm. they're going to the angel of death. Right. You have to go into a realm that God has already expunged in order to mm -hmm. get dirt on people. Mm -hmm. You're going into the realm of the damned and the dead, like the fallen angels. These people, that's what makes them accusers, is that they're married mm -hmm. to the accuser, which is the Hebrew word Satan. Mm -hmm. Now, what the fallen angels don't want you to know about that, again, let's take a look at the demon protocol book. Let's look at the demon Necromancers playbook. Necromancers have been my enemies. Yeah, I've got the handbook right here. Here, <laughs> I still kept it from my days in the Dark Kingdom. <laughs> here, let's just pull it out of my my backpack. The Okay, <laughs> and I open it up and let's take a look here. And uh, what does it say in that kind of scenario? So this is what they don't want you to know: the same fallen angels that will come to you and bring you dirt on someone's past potentially, to kind of incite you to want to, you know, belittle them or betray them or hold their past against them when it literally has nothing to do with the new creature they are in Christ now, regardless of whether they were saved or not when they did the sin. That is so crucial. But what that fallen angel who's bringing you that information does not want you to know is that that same fallen angel who tempts you with information about someone's past, when, when you go and do that and you make a contract with them, guess what? You're eventually going to be on their victim list. They now have rights and access to harm you, your life, and your destiny. And so just understand, that's just the reality of the nature of the invisible world, the universe that we live in. When you do that to others, you open yourself up to that same demon. And now they might treat you nice and things will go well, you'll feel a little rush, you'll feel good, you'll feel like I'm doing God's work. Well, guess what? Now you have demonic anointing. Okay? so. You have a contract with a demon. Now that same demon, when they don't no longer find you useful, trash, 
and you'll just totally get run over. It'll destroy your destiny if you don't repent. I mean, that's so, when they come back and apologize without repentance, like Judas Iscariot right. seen it a hundred times. Right. There's no actual repentance there. It's just, they're just getting eaten alive demon, by demons, and they know the warriors know how them. to help. Yeah. The demon is not uh, finding them useful anymore because they've been yeah. kicked out of Red Letter Ministries. And that's what you find that happens every time. So. So the demonic assignment is real for any apostolic and prophetic ministry. You read the Bible; it's everywhere. You're surrounded by enemies. The enemies will be the members of your own household. Mm -hmm. And it'll take incredible wisdom. In fact, it'll take so much mm -hmm. wisdom, it'll take God himself formed in you to overcome your enemies in you and around you because you have sin in you, so you are an enemy to yourself. Hmm. That's really good. Okay, so what else is on the Holy Ghost laundry list today? There was another thing he was talking about he wanted me to mention. What was it, Lord? It was the... Oh, yeah, it was um about... Okay, so let's talk about... Things that come in the guise of something else, how the enemy conceals and plots to kind of steal from you or ruin your destiny. Because this is, you know, obviously if you've made it to this point in your spiritual journey and you're actually watching Joel's Bar, you, I mean, you're, you're in the class, you're taking notes. If you've made it this far, like, congratulations. Like, you know, we're, you're like, you're in the end game now. But, um, you've it, made it you've to the made lowest it. <laughs> That's actually true too. It's farther than most. <laughs> the lowest that sapphire stone in heaven. Um, it, and when we say rungs, think ladder. What's on the ladder? Rungs. That's like so. You think of Jacob's ladder, rungs, or sapphire the stones? The bar of the boards. Thunder bar. There we go. Uh, so one of the things the spirit was talking about is there's a spirit of jealousy and i know none of you watching are jealous you don't get jealous of anybody i'm just talking about other people right <laughs> definitely not you others okay so when someone gets you know jealous of someone they might say oh this is how the spirit masks it this is how the enemy spirits mask it again let's get their demonic playbook out and let's see what the playbook says what are you if i'm just a, a a really dumb demon and i don't know what to do i just read my manual and now i know what to do Right? So let's say someone said, let's say they show you someone who's walking in what your future destiny is supposed to look like. Mm. That's usually what they'll do, something similar. Yep. I know that you're supposed to be blessed with this type of a car or a house or uh, could be a, a job. Wisdom, intelligence, understanding, angelic ability. Appearance. It could be, um, it could be an angelic beauty. It could be in wisdom. It could be in teaching. It could be just anything that they have that's a blessing. It's from God whatever so what the demons will do is they'll highlight it to you look that's what you're supposed to have you know look at all your journals look at all the promises from god you're supposed to have you know you're supposed to have a spouse like this you're supposed to da, da, da. It, it could be anything but what happens they always use a part of truth right do you remember what did we learn last time about the demon playbook standard demonic protocol is if you want to plant a lie that's believable you first must tell them a truth when they receive the truth then you go in with the lie. That's standard protocol in the kingdom of hell, but so many people miss it because the emotions are all wrapped up, uh, the expectations, the hopes, you know, all of the stuff from religion getting tossed back and forth and you're just maybe weary from it all. Whoa. I get it. Angels. <laughs> yeah, they, they know. Hi. Can I get it? I'm so strong today, I just drank it. Amen. Double portion. I am. And as soon as you judge, that person that has a part of your destiny that already walking in, you completely cut yourself off from ever walking it, and the demon gets it instead of you. 
Right. So that's what we Ugh. don't want that to happen to you, but it's so common. <laughs> so what they'll do is they'll say, hey, you know, you're supposed to be walking in that. You're supposed to look at that. You're supposed to have that. And then you look at your notes, you look at your diary, you look at the promises God has, and you're like, whoa, oh my gosh, that's right. I'm supposed to have that. And then what they'll say is, they stole it from you. It's supposed to be yours. Mm. Oh, and then it goes the rage. Oh my, oh my gosh, that's right. That's mine. I know God told, because you know God told you you were supposed to have that. But then the demon, taking that truth, will then start to stir up. Well, they took, they're, they're preventing me. Because a lot of times what happens, what do we learn? When you're learning wisdom, first what? Submit to wisdom's fetters. Which means, when you learn the path of wisdom, at first it might feel like bondage to you. You know, all get rid of, getting rid of all your false freedoms. Yep. And, and you submit to wisdom's fetters, eventually it becomes your protection, your abundance, you're tested by the spirit of wisdom to see if you're gonna be worthy to receive those things. And so you wanna pass your test. So you can't compare your walk to someone who's already been you know, through hell and back, maybe they've been through intense trials and testing that you're not even asked to go through. But God's still gracious in giving you a similar kind of inheritance, right? You don't want to screw yourself over by listening to those demons and start getting jealous. Because the thing, when people feel that, they don't think it's jealousy. If they knew it was jealousy, they'd know it was a sin. It's much more subtle than that. It's a truth that I know I'm supposed to be walking when I see that person walking in. The demon says that, points it out. Then they stir it up and they said they stole that from you. That's not true. There's more than enough of God to go around gifts. He's got tons of mansions. He's got tons of galaxies. Yeah. And he'll this, create more if he needs to. He, he, literally, he could raise up out of the rocks anything. He could do, is anything too hard for God? No. So you got to let that kind of stuff go and understand if you start to feel or notice. If that triggered something, you're like, I think I might have been feeling that way. I'm not sure. Just go ahead and repent. I, we're on auto repent 24-7. Like, if that's even a hint in there, it's common to all flesh. So pretty much safe guarantee. It's something that we could always repent from in a greater measure. So, and what does that do? It protects your destiny from being stolen by demons while their demons are trying to get you to hand it over. So, through deception. Now Deuteronomy 8.17 says, this is the covenant that creates wealth and we've often interpreted as man creating. But that's not what it says. God's the creator. Which means if you're still the creator, your own God, you get jealous because you don't understand the origin of divinity. Now, if you have a relationship with God and you're the passive dependent recipient of salvation, you rely on him to create the wealth and you're not trying to do it yourself in your own strength, which means I have earned it my ability, so I'm boasting before God in my own inheritance that I created for myself from the other side of sorcery. So what all demons tempt from Laban, Beor, Balaam mm. and Jenny's and Jambres. All. And it all comes with truth mixed with selfishness for your own divinity. For that's what mm -hmm. sorcery is. The the pinnacle of understanding sorcery in the Ten Kings of Revelation, which is arch enemy and antichrist, is they always come in the guise of divinity with truth truth mixed with selfishness. And the beneficiary 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 is not God it's you okay but when God's the creator of wealth God's the beneficiary of the trust and the covenant 
so that the benefit is in sim inside him called the body of Christ and not inside you first and foremost, which requires a dependency, that's why it's called a marriage to the Lamb, and not some kind of codependency where you're down here on earth and God's up in heaven and you just live separately, but you're in union. The marriage is a dependency on the God of heaven. Dependency on Him creating the wealth, Him creating the blessings, Him creating the rewards. It's important. The Bible actually says it's important. I remember when I was in the Assemblies of God, they said, we don't give to get blessed. We don't give to, to get. And they'd say that was some kind of righteous holiness. That's wickedness. That's mm -hmm. self-righteousness. Mm -hmm. That's false holiness. Mm -hmm. The truth is you must believe God's the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you don't understand the covenant that God's the creator of wealth, and you'll be trying to do it in your own strength, disconnected to Him, barely mm -hmm. even saved your whole Christian lives. And just barely getting by financially, That's why people too. get into jealousy, mm -hmm. because they don't have the wisdom and understanding of the covenant that God's the creator of wealth. Anyone that rises taps into God's ability to create. That's create what? Anything you need for life and godliness, it is written. And abundance. For freedom and abundant life. That's what the covenant is. God is the creator of freedom. For what? The abundant life. How can you have the abundant life without wealth? You can't. Which means that if you are from below and not above yet, you have not yet learned that the Lord is your provider. And if the Lord is not your provider, Jesus Christ talked about this constantly the religious church says this is just a side dish. It was the main topic. God as your provider and creator, otherwise you'll get into jealousy or idolatry. Mm -hmm. And if you look around, that's the main problem in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And they kind of sweep it under the rug. And so the main, It is the main problem. Idolatry is the main problem of Christians in the book of Revelation. The last church. The ones that overcome and become the celestial Israel. Okay, That establish Israel as the heavenly government over the earth from the Garden of Eden's 12 golden mountains of God the Father. So this is the last thing you deal with, idolatry. And the idolatry is based in a jealousy that you find people committing because they don't know that God is the creator of everything. You don't know him as the creator of wealth. Deuteronomy 8:17. If you start thinking to yourselves, I did all this and all by myself, I'm rich, it's all mine. Well, think again. Remember that God, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant. So the covenant, the Bible says, is confirmed by the wealth that God creates. How many of y'all know most New Covenant believers haven't had their covenant confirmed yet? So if your covenant's not confirmed oh, by God good. creating, you try to confirm it in your own strength. That's the root of jealousy. Man, that is so good. Can you read that scripture one more time? That was powerful. If you start thinking to yourselves, this is Deuteronomy 8.17 message. If you start thinking to yourself, I did all this, it's all by myself, I'm rich, it's all mine, well, think again. Remember that God, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant mm -hmm. that he promised to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this day. Amen. Amen. That is so powerful. Wow, that's a good <laughs> word. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, you want some more? Okay, apostolic. Deuteronomy 8.18. Amplified. But you shall remember with profound respect mm -hmm. to the Lord Jesus Christ, your God. For it is He who is giving you power to make wealth. He that is giving you power to do what? Make wealth. Get into that prosperity gospel. Watch out now. <laughs> <laughs> that He may confirm His covenant. Crefro dollar. 
make slanging those billygrams. <laughs> that he may confirm his covenant, which the Lord thy God has sworn to thee. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm ready for TV now. <laughs> we got one more step. They put us right after a, what's his face? Who? Joel Osteen? No. Who's on TV? Was this the billionaire guy? No, Joel's not a billionaire. Is someone else? Oh man, I gotta subscribe to somebody else. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I gotcha. <laughs> the guy that got kicked out of the, the revival down there. Kenneth Copeland. Is he a billionaire? I'm gonna have to look up his Kenneth videos. Kenneth Copeland, the richest person in the world. Get an impartation. Listen, man. I'm, I hope you're all. You no, know, it's all good. If you're hope, learning hope righteousness, you guys have glorified personalities to so, filter yeah. out some of the jokes. I will say there. this too. You know, if you're learning righteousness and you're you're walking in righteousness and you're walking into holiness, I hope you do become a millionaire and a billionaire. I really do. This world would be so much better off if the millionaires and the billionaires were those walking in righteousness and walking in holiness. I only reason. like Kenneth Copeland because he's so rich, it offends the religious people. That's fun. <laughs> and that gets me drunk. Okay, Amen. Okay. Mm. Well? Listen, man. If you're not jealous and not offended, the opportunity remains for you. Jealousy and offense means you ain't never gonna have it means it's blocked mm. off from from you for you forever until you repent get over your sin jealousy mm. and offense see when you get jealous and get offended you have to self-defend why you feel that way about that person you know that's called self-righteousness now you're exactly like the devil yeah so to get out of that demonic bondage you got to humble yourself and be like get forgiven of all that junk and garbage and crap they tried to tempt me about that in bible college mm. the whole floor of the men's floor and Four East down here, North mm -hmm. Central University Bible College. They were so offended by some of these prosperity preachers. Who's the one? Good morning, Holy Spirit. Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn. They hated Benny Hinn. Oh. I couldn't believe I it, man. They tried to tempt me into hating Benny Hinn. I was like, nope. I remember my experience with the Benny Hinn and Teen Challenge. The Everyone that I like now, all my old friends tried to get me to hate. I noticed that trend. Ain't gonna turn me on Benny Hinn. That's why, if anyone ever tries to get liar. you to hate someone, you better question why. First of all. No one in heaven even acts like that, first of all. <laughs> Except Man, it, was, it was intense, the hatred towards Benny Hinn in, at Bible College. I couldn't believe it. I didn't participate in any of that. I was way more holier than oh, that. Oh, really? I definitely wasn't. My old friends, they were like, no, yeah, Joel Osteen is I a wolf. I would if I hadn't had my experience. He's a wolf. When I read Good Morning Holy Spirit, <laughs> a glory cloud materialized for seven days and seven nights in Amen. my room. He's I wasn't going to turn on anyone that yeah. caused the heaven to manifest right. around me like that. Right. you got to be insane. Yeah. That's the only reason why I didn't join the mockers. Because mm. I'd already experienced this is real, this is true. The reason why they're mocking is because they're full of doubt and unbelief. And Benny Hinn's anointed, full of experience and wisdom. Not that he's perfect mm -hmm. or anything. Yeah, my old friends, uh, yeah, out-of-court Christians, they were always like... Yeah, we hate Joel Osteen. He's evil. He's a wolf. I didn't see any of his stuff. I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay, this is what... You know, when you have friends with people, I they've like poured some amount of love, right, into your life, you tend to just kind of believe... Just being a human, it's just you just tend to believe what they say. Oh, well, they've paid for this for me. They've given me gifts. We've been friends. We studied the Bible together. 
I, I respect them, I trust them, they seem pretty smart, they know the Bible probably better than me, so I mean, I was never a really good student that time in my life. Right now we're students of righteousness. Lamborghini, not and then, devil guinea. And then, I get, you know, I'm going along on my journey, you know, I get tongues, and I'm like, okay, tongues is a thing, and then, you know, all this other stuff happens, and now we're in the glory, and now we're smoking the crack of God, and I'm like, it's snorting my Bible, so it escalated quickly, you know, it, things escalated quickly, I'm like, well, you never know, <laughs> I was like, how do I, once you bust out the Holy Ghost crack pipe, <laughs> once you pop, you just can't stop, religionist, you don't stop like a herd of goats. <laughs> So I loved, I, see, I was skeptical too about getting high. I was like, yeah, right. But everything that he said in the sermon made my whole life make sense. It is everything that ever happened in my life. So I'm going to just try it. I'm going to try it out. I'll try, I'll try to be an open-minded person. I wanted to always try to be that, you know, intelligent, open-minded person. If someone brings more factual data to me that's actually real and that I haven't received before, I got to be open-minded that I could possibly not know about this thing. Okay, well, I've been wrong about so many other things. Might as well give it a try. I'll give it the good old college try. 100%, whole heart, whole mind, whole soul. And I'll ask God about it, and then we'll just see. And that's why I approach the drunken glory. We'll just we'll just give it a fair try, and let's just see. Well, what was the instructions? Okay, they see instructions. Read your Bible, get past the part where it's boring, keep doing it and snort a little and drink the blood of Jesus by faith, and then you're supposed to get high. I was like, I was I was being sober, so I was like, well, yeah, okay, let me see if I can get jacked up on the Bible. If I get jacked up on the Bible, I am set for life. <laughs> so I get my Bible up. I was like, get my Bible up. <laughs> yeah, jacked up on it. <laughs> Don't remember that glory, man. <laughs> yeah, it worked. <laughs> this is what I did. I set in a massage chair, okay? I had a nice massage chair. I miss that Don't thing. expect to remain a human being. <laughs> and that wasn't the first time. It wasn't just a, it wasn't a massage chair because I always use a massage chair like every day. The only difference was we were adding Bible crack to the massage chair. I'm telling you, you gotta make this happen in your life. Somehow, this is one of those life goals. Okay, so I get my Bible out. I put the little earbuds in so you listen to the Bible. You put it in the ears. I know you put it in the eyes so you go through. I read it out loud a little bit, and then I kind of was like, it's hard, I was like, for me, I was like, it's kind of hard to keep reading the Bible out loud back then. I was like a really baby spirit, you know, like barely developed in my spirit, just, oh, can't keep reading the Bible too long, it's, oh, it's so much, <laughs> you know? So I put my hand on my belly, and I do what you're supposed to, I'm like, just let it read to me, and put it in my eyes and my ears, and just read along. Oh, I feel like looking away from the Bible, well, I can't, why? Oh, just focus. <laughs> Focus. So like, I was like, this is really hard for like 10, 15 minutes. And then bam, about 15 minutes in it, I am whacked. I was like, oh my God. And in between, I was like, what? And, and doing this every couple of lines. It's real. And I got high. I was high as fuck. I was like, I get up my chair. The I was like, that's my college days again. I was, I, were, I was like, what? this? And I, I'm like creeping around my house in the middle of the night, like trying to... Nobody know I'm high. <laughs> and to see if my cat noticed. It's like, the highest oh my praise God. from the lowest place. And it was like, oh my God. Using it's real. It's real. That's what it was. I said, Trent. Trent. <laughs> what is this? It, it worked. And so the next night, I'm like, let's see if we can step it up a little bit. Now, next time I try this, let's see if we can step. I want to. I'll, I'll wait till everybody goes to bed. 
It's my secret addiction. I don't know about all that smoking crack. Well, you don't know the Bible. So, this was like, what is it? Like, my... And look at that crack. I felt like somebody on one of those, like, my crazy addiction shows. Like, I'm waiting until everybody goes to bed. Nobody's gonna catch me smoking my Bible, right? Nobody knows my secret. (laughs) (laughs) I got my headphones in. And I would hide because, you know, I had people who would be, like, anti-spiritual progress around my life. So I would get, like, a normal book that wasn't, like, spiritual. And I would hide my Bible in my, like, phone inside of it. With just, let's listen to some whatever. Like, just being an old person in case somebody catch me. You ain't gonna catch me in the middle of the night smoking crack on my Bible, okay? Pretending to be religious pretending. while I'm tapping into the glory. Well, I was pretending to be non-religious. They wouldn't catch me. <laughs> Just reading a normal book, being a normal person, just getting a massage. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> Don't ask me what I'm doing. Carry on, persecuting spirits. Right. Carry on. Nothing. Nothing spiritual happening over here. I got my camouflage on. That's right. Shh, shh. Can't find me. I wait till 3 a.m. As everybody going to bed. Okay. So I was like, I'm gonna crank it up the next night. Now I was a little afraid because I, I didn't really know what was gonna happen. I knew I got really high the night before. And it was really physical and really real. And I was like, let's do that again. But let's crank it up. And I thought, because I saw this in the Bible. And and I thought, what if I could smoke the wrath of the Lamb? Is that even okay? Will I die? Like, I didn't know. Like, <laughs> that sounds crazy now with what we know. But we're talking like baby spirit. Nobody around to explain nothing. All questions, no answers. But we're gonna try it. I was like, well, Lord, if this is wrong, forgive me, but let's just, maybe it won't kill me if I smoke the wrath of the lamb. So I started doing it and oh my goodness, I never did hard drugs like that in college. I really didn't. I didn't have a grid for that kind of intoxication. It was better than the night before. Oh yeah, (laughs) I'm a frequent user now, but you know, you move up to them. Or like the gateway drug. Yeah. That should be a goal in your life. Jehovah to be the, wanted the crack. Literally, because the first night was more like wine and Jehovah Wanna made me feel like on marijuana, where like all the colors change and the sparkles look cool, you know. But that next night, smoking the wrath of lamb, I was, I read description. I tried to find online drug descriptions. I'm like, oh, get the incognito uh, browser open so no one like sees why is she googling about like the effects of meth on the body. <laughs> <laughs> use the family computer for that, you know? It's the tree of life and all the tree of the Oh, man, I was feeling good. The Irish had a goose instead of a dove for the Holy Spirit. We can have a coconut tree instead of an olive tree. It was such a it's great experience. Man. That was such the best experience of my entire life up until that moment. I had to text one of my friends and be like, dude, smoking the wrath of the lamb, you gotta try it. You gotta try it with the Bible. Read the Bible. Put it in the eyes and the ears, and smoke and and. But I didn't leave out the drinking the blood by faith in between and the snorting. So the we're Godwisers. Then next thing you know, you're injecting yourself with the glory like this by faith, asking your angels to shoot you up with all kinds of stuff. Someone told you there was mushrooms in Eden and the celestial places, and not the fallen kind of earthly ones we have here. So anyway. You can go down that whole rabbit hole, and it's just, there is a lot. And then you find out later, okay, am I really, you're just like, this feels good. So then it comes to that maturing process of, how much is this for me to feel good? Am I losing sight of the one who loves me, 
right Christ. So what's the whole point of being Christ inside mind and, and, and finding all these things? You know, pretty soon I found myself just mainly focused on, you know, getting high <laughs> again. You're like, all right, forget about my college days. And, and so you kind of refocus. It's good to get high on God. It's great. It's amazing. You've got to try it. Getting high on reading the Bible. Get past the uncomfortable part to where you feel the intoxication of the Spirit, right? Be invigorated by the Holy Spirit. But never lose sight if you can. Just always try to refocus on the one that you're getting to know, right? It's like you don't want to be the sociopath in the corner shooting yourself up with invisible glory heroin from heaven and while ignoring Jesus. Out the sermon. Tuning out the sermon or tuning out the Holy Ghost. Drunken glory heretics. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, it's all about that balance, right? Mm -hmm. That refinement. Not to the left, not to the right. Try to stay you on the straight and narrow. Keep growing, too. Right, yeah, that's good. Don't use the rapture. Keep your eyes on the prize. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all just about selfish or Christ centered. That's it. <laughs> Going home to dad to serve him in heaven. I hope somebody tries that tonight. <laughs> Let me know how it goes for you. As sober-minded slave. <laughs> Forget about having fun. He had too much fun on earth with that <laughs> drunken glory junk. Now you're going to appear going to split wood for a million years. Okay, so as an experienced user now, both under the sun and over the sun, what would you have to say for our viewers as far as the difference between the mm. on the earth, Jehovah and the drugs, the intoxication, the mushrooms and all that versus the experiences uh, in the celestial realms. Great questions. <laughs> what I've done is I've taken it from just in my body all the time. Ten years, whacked out of my mind, whited out all the time. And I grew in it. The same glory is there. It's a greater glory. What I did is I pushed it into my angel, into my spirit to mm. do greater works. And that's mm. what you got to do. Because it's not like the glory diminishes. The issue is I'm not using it carnally. And you can use Shekinah carnally and just enjoy it right there where you're at. Just be whacked out in ecstasy all the time. And honestly, that is a an extremely immature state, but a necessary state mm -hmm. for everyone who's ascending into heaven because you, you will be astonished by the ecstasies of God. It is guaranteed no one has ever grown in Christ the last 2,000 years of Christianity if they've gone this high where the ecstasies don't just whack them out. But the thing is, you learn to be a disciple of ecstasy, mm -hmm. it's the spirit of ecstasy, to use all of that angelic mm -hmm. feel-good into your spirit mm -hmm. to be with the angels to do angelic mm -hmm. exploits. And it's also, it's really nice for you to learn how to take it into your body, into your flesh, and your soul. And then you actually when, feel way better than yeah. before because it's like more concentration ecstasy. Mm -hmm. It is a far superior maturity. Yeah, it's really great as far as maturity, but also when you are, you know, you're coming up to the cosmic battlefront, you know, we have those areas of imperfection where we might take some hits or you might just, you know, it does have physical effects on the body when you get into spiritual warfare. I happen to track my uh, data. I use a tracker, so it's, you know, for, you know, my fitness purposes and things like that. I enjoy doing that, but I, what I found was uh, those um, things that track, like, you know, your heart rate and things like that. Woo! are very much affected by what's going on spiritually. Like if we have the really strong healing glory, healing angels, it's like, how did I have like super high recovery every day, regardless of how much or little sleep I got? It's a total miracle. 
or when there's a real confrontation, you're like, oh, my breastplate of righteousness at that level was barely holding against this cosmic principality and my area of weakness, but I did the best I could to rely on Christ in me, and I'm totally exhausted. Uh, and you can see it actually does affect your physical body. So one of the, the plus sides is learn how to get high on the word, how to soak, how to heal. And as you get intoxicated with the spirit, right, the blood and the water of Jesus for the healing of your body. And also it feels good. So if you're in doing your med tent soaking after a big confrontation with a warlock or something like that, or with the demon gods in That's space. That's what I'm going to do after tonight's Joel's bar. Going to hit up the med tent recreationally. <laughs> He's like, I don't really need oh, it. I'm going to the med tent. <laughs> but so your, your love is better than wine, not your wine is better than love. <laughs> love, your love is better than wine. What is that? The state of God's consciousness, the complete mind. Mm -hmm. Because you can have an incomplete mind and be whacked out next to you all the time, mm -hmm. if you haven't noticed. Most of those people are just totally nuts. Right. And in a celestial mystery, <laughs> the love, the pure love of God is that silver of Hesed that wasn't valued in Solomon's day because Solomon didn't really value that purity like David did. So there was a an imbalance there. So you want to val value Hesed as a sapphire stone. The greatest sacrifice, see, along the way, you'll taste all the kinds of different stuff from God. But you need to understand... The end result of walking with God is that rainbow mind of Christ. If the mind is not complete, there's an abuse of divinity in the soul realm, where you don't have the complete understanding of what the things of God are for, which is why the immaturity of using the gifts of the Spirit has not led us into the cosmic realm of righteousness where the 12 tribes of Israel in the book of Revelation are, and that's why we haven't mm -hmm. shifted civilization to be in the Messianic mm -hmm. Kingdom Age. When we begin to shift into understanding that the things of God are to complete the mind of God, the mind of Christ is the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, and it does rise in your heart. So there is a continuous experience of God. The issue is not settling for that experience. Like the charismatic church, I grew up in the assemblies of mm -hmm. God, tongues and some other Pentecostal gifts was the height and the pinnacle, and there's nothing higher than us. And I've watched them for seven years kick out and excommunicate anyone that went higher in the Assemblies of God, including Bill Johnson, who was an Assemblies of God pastor, who they Come excommunicated. On. And they excommunicated me, too, in 2008. Mm -hmm. They said, if you ever step foot back on AG property, we'll call the cops mm -hmm. on you, which was crazy. The same thing the demons said when I was kicked out of high school is what they said when I was kicked out a Bible college, but it was after I graduated. It was a year because I was discipling the students. So it was the same demons involved in gang activity that was involved in religious activity. And they said the exact same words verbatim. Which I'm telling you, it's Satan is in both those realms of rebellion and yep. religion, and there's no difference. It's funny how they use the same kind of catchphrases. They just mix it up a little bit. Again, it's just that demonic playbook. They really just kind of do the same it's the things angel of death. over and over. It's complete death in both realms. And so what's going to happen is a total destruction of Christianity as you know it to bring forth the Messiah's kingdom, mm -hmm. which is going to be entirely celestial. So anything that clings to earthly Christianity below is marked for slaughter. Malachi chapter 4 Pastor the sheep marked for slaughter. How do you pastor sheep marked for slaughter? 
rain righteousness from above, they'll destroy themselves by rejecting the cosmic gospel of grace, the celestial Torah, which is the word of God in heaven. First John says, the word is only where? In heaven. With who? The Holy Ghost and the Father. No word on earth, which means you cannot have real Christianity hearing earthly words about God, earthly interpretations of scripture. None of that nonsense. Mm -hmm. If you are consistently hearing the celestial word from holy men and holy women walking in holiness, the key there is purity. The purity is the key for the conduction of the divine letter. Without purity, what does the Bible say? No one sees God. Mm -hmm. You can't hear God unless you see God. Why? You don't know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. So you have to see and hear. Your senses have to be exercised by the celestial food. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadows or mm -hmm. variation, no repentance, no turning. Mm -hmm. So it means that you're learning how to feast on the heavenly. So Christians now, mostly, all of you listening at the sound of my voice, are learning to discern, rightly divide, the terrestrial gospel, which is Antichrist, to the celestial gospel, which is Christ enthroned in heaven, bringing you the daily angelic bread. Right now, most of them call good, evil, evil, good. Yeah. How they react to Red Letter Ministries is case in point. <laughs> yeah. Total case in point. So, as a people repent and eat a heavenly letter, the dead letter, the dry letter, the religious letter, mm -hmm. the Antichrist, the earthly Christian experience mm -hmm. will be obliterated mm -hmm. because it's all sin mm -hmm. and demons. Anyhow, Revelation says she has become a tent of every wicked, unclean spirit. Who? Earthly Christianity. Amen. That's Amen. so good. And it's really important that you rise and begin to see and experience for yourself because otherwise it's just going to be well, who's right? I heard these people say this. I heard these people say that. I hear them speaking this. And it's always going to be, what does the Bible say? What did they say? What do I think? What did they say? What does the Bible say? What? Did, and then, then you're going through the Bible under the influence of all kinds of different demonic spirits and a dead letter that's not raised above the earth. So what happens is when you start to learn, you know, purity, righteousness, holiness, and you go up, that seer activation is, I'm not talking about soulish seeing. There's so much of that, and it gets burnt out as you get into the sun. You cannot rely on your soulish vision, which is that gift of sight, that prophetic gift of sight. It is so different. It is literally the difference between seeing in those kind of visions on your imagination screen that come to you like as a prophetic gift versus eyeballs being affixed to you, radiant and full mm -hmm. of light. Your spirit develops, and as you grow like a fetus, literally, and then into like a baby, into a toddler, and the vision gets clearer, and you grow up, and you can see further, and your eyes are open, you're not just sleeping, or sometimes, you know, you wake up for a little bit, your spirit kind of goes back to sleep. And you wake up, like, wake up! <laughs> your angels are like, wake up! When are you going to wake up? And keep your eyes open. That Wait, vision is how you see in sapphire stones, you get into the sun, it becomes really clear. So it's no longer just like, well, did I see that? It's like, literally, I can look at something in the invisible realm. How many times have you seen on Joel's bar? I'll be looking at sapphire stones or through them and speaking from what I look at. And then Brandon goes into almost like a trance and he's like, whoa, I just saw this vision. And he literally describes exactly what I was looking at that caused me to say what I said and vice versa. So you'll go into those realms and look and speak and I'll be looking at them at the same time. It's because it's not some external gift that goes in through the mind or through the soul of soulish prophetic vision. 
which is it can be accurate sometimes and sometimes it's inaccurate when you're looking at like let's say we're looking at uh, Ruth or we're looking at Jake with our eyeballs since we have eyeballs and our eyeballs are open we can see Jake is sitting there with a hat and right you have eyeballs you can see that now if our eyes if everyone in this room has never opened their eyes once in their life so just close your eyes and I might say oh it sounds like Jake or it sounds like sounds like Jacob but it feels like Esau <laughs> how do I know why are his eyes so dim what did Isaac go through and choose in his life that was not quite perfect that caused his eyes to dim so we have to understand accurately the ways of God and go through all of the sapphire stones not just some of them, all of them, so that we're not, you know, blinded in certain areas. You know, Isaac was an incredible man of God, man of righteousness. But we want to get all of those sapphire stones working in us, all of the patriarchs, which is Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets, and he put that seed inside of us. So we got to develop that thing until it grows and we'll have much better vision so we can open our eyes and we'll all be seeing the same thing and hearing the same thing. That's how it is when you go up. So it's not gonna be people said, oh, I heard this, or demons bringing up people's past sins that have nothing to do with anything, or demons coming and making people jealous to make wrong decisions, or their word versus their word, or this is what I think and what I think the Bible says. It'll literally be your spirit with eyes and ears open, and you can hear God, and you can see what's actually going on, and Everyone who can see is seeing and hearing the same thing by how by going up and there's a unity in that and so it just clears out It's no longer going to be Some revelation that you think you kind of got from Joel's bar But that revelation formed within you to where you're bearing the fruit of it You have the revelation and when you know your demon-possessed spouse or demon-possessed friends or you know family members whatever come to you you're not trying to defend yourself from a revelation that you don't really have yet. Right? Keep forming that. But when you know that you know, and you've heard and you've seen, and you've received the word of God, you hear the voice of God clearly and accurately, you stand firm. And it's easy. It might be hard, you know, at first to make a stand for what you believe in. But when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. And so you don't really care about people pleasing anymore. Romans 9, there's the glory of the celestial and the glory of the terrestrial. And if you read Romans 11 there in that context, the Apostle Paul's great wisdom, it was all about getting into the glory of the celestial through the patriarchs, children of Abraham, children of faith, which means you cannot be engrafted into the celestial glories. Romans 9, celestial glories, the inheritance of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the celestial glories, the cosmic tree of life, unless you are engrafted into the patriarchs of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Which means there's no celestial inheritance except through mm -hmm. Israel and the 12 tribes. That's why the written revelation. Mm -hmm. So we haven't really embraced that or understood that yet in Gentile Christianity. We are. As we embrace that, understand that the Romans 9 to 11 part of engraftation into mm -hmm. a tree of life that's called cosmic <laughs> glories by the Apostle Paul, Romans 9 through 11, we will begin to go into the inheritance of Jacob, written in Isaiah 60, riding on the high place. What's the high place? It's certainly not the earth. 
It's the stars. It's the heavenly glories. It's the heavenly celestial spheres of the angels of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, Jacob wrestled an angel and defeated it. And if you re read that angel there, a lot of times in Christianity we think it's God, but it's Elohim in Hebrew, mm -hmm. which means gods, alien gods, or foreign gods. Mm -hmm. It wasn't yad heh vav -Heh. it wasn't Yahweh mm -hmm. in Hebrew, it was Elohim. So it was the destruction of those realms in the cosmos in how Jacob became Tiferet, symbolized the sun. Mm -hmm. So Israel is now the S-U-N, son of mm -hmm. righteousness, Malachi chapter 4, it is written. So no one has an inheritance in the Son of Righteousness mm -hmm. or immortal life in the flesh unless they're engrafted mm -hmm. into cosmic Israel. Right, and you find that, you know, in Jewish history, they have it marked down and written down that it was the Prince of Esau, right? Because who were they going to confront? It was Esau. So it literally it came down to, in the end, you know, uh, Jacob's inheritance versus what Esau was walking in, which we know was not holy angels. Otherwise, Esau would have been living a holy life. He was not. Studying Torah will almost get all that earthly Christianity of Laodicea out of you. That's it's, why you gotta be humble and teachable. Y'all been taught wrong. Mm -hmm. Me too, especially in Bible college. Yeah, eat they don't the know meat, nothing in Bible college eat either. Eat the meat and spit out the bones ministries. Yeah. Well, they might know some stuff, but it's not really helpful for going There's up. always a much deeper depth, and if you understand that the correct interpretation is to ascend, mm -hmm. And you know what's interesting is Jacob, he became Tiferet, he became the sun. Uh, he went from, so if you go on on the journey, the sapphire stones from Malkut to Yasad, the next one there on that lightning path on the left is Hod. That is actually the sapphire stone. If you look at the, like the shells from like the enemy side, like the anti-sapphires, the fake sapphire stones with the appearance of lapis lazuli uh, mentioned in the book of Enoch, that sapphire of the enemy, like that part that kind of, it's radiant, from stolen light, looks like a glowing sapphire, but it's not. That one on Hod, uh, one of the demonic uh, titles there is Samael, which is the prince of Esau. Esau's um, fallen angel prince was Satan, was Samael. So when you go- Esau, I have hated. Yeah, yeah. so we hate Esau <laughs> ministries. We hate him. We hate Esau, we hate his wife. Jacob, we hate I have loved Esau. Yadi mm -hmm. says, I have hated Esau. And yep. you need to have that attitude in the New Covenant, mm -hmm. otherwise you cannot rise above Esau. Yeah. Esau will steal, kill, Fake and destroy nice. everything from you. Right. Fake nice Christianity says, oh, be loving to Esau. Be nice while he jacks all your stuff. Yeah, separate sheep from goats. Just like as soon as Laban's done delaying you and stealing all your stuff, then just give the rest to Esau. Are you kidding would, me? You see that? love Laban and be ensnared in Egyptian sorcery forever. And then whatever Laban didn't get from his red sorcery, here comes you know, Samael and and Esau will just be nice and give him all the rest of everything that you got from finally overcoming Laban. So why do you think the Bride of Christ became the Shulamite warlord in Song of Solomon 8? Because she's constantly waged a good Christian warfare against lying, thieving, stealing Antichrist enemies, all coming in the appearance of good. Like the original sin. Appearing in good to steal all your benefits from God. <laughs> so you're no longer ignorant. You're no longer in false love. False love is mm -hmm. ignorance towards the severities of God. What does scripture say? 
not knowing just the kindness of the Lord, but also his severities. Most Christians don't know the severities and they cringe at them because they're Mm -hmm. operating in false love, getting jacked and ripped off by demons Mm -hmm. and goat Christians constantly. You start to get an attitude of severity towards Mm -hmm. real sin and towards real false love and false earthly Christianity. Mm -hmm. They will begin persecuting you. Those who you thought were friends will turn on you quickly. Just ask Job. Who came and accused him? Mm-hmm. His own friends. They mm-hmm. weren't friends. They were friends of the devil. They came with false wisdom, worldly intelligence. They were always channeling the words of Satan to lead him astray, to lose his inheritance in Jesus Christ. What does the Bible say? I set a table before you in the presence of enemies, which means you're going to be eating the angelic bread while all liars surround you. And I don't care if you have a good unit of people, you're still going to hear the enemy's voice constantly Mm -hmm. through people. Look at Peter and Jesus. I'm going to build my church upon this rock. Get behind me, Satan. Same person, Mm -hmm. right? He calls this rock Satan for a moment in the gospel. So you can't get mad about that (laughs) stuff. You know, if you see it in someone else or it manifests through you, don't get mad about that kind of stuff. You can't hold on to grudges. It's no use getting all worked up about. It's just, all right, what is the, what do the evil serpents work through? Flesh. Well, means there's some more circumcision necessary. And you just deal with it and just move on and move on quickly, keeping in mind the big picture. Because if you get worked up over every little time someone manifests a demon, it's going to happen. You just, you got to learn to forgive quickly and just move on. What's the big picture? Because if you start holding grudges against people for manifesting, you're opening up the door to more demons, which is going to be more manifestations, more drama, and just more problems that you don't want to have. And overall, take a step back, breathe in, breathe out and cherish the person. You don't want them to die along the way. You don't want them getting hurt by demons. You might be mad for a minute about something, but you've got to keep in mind, what's the heart of the Father? You want to protect them. You want to keep them safe from harm. What would happen if that person got seriously hurt right after all that confrontation? You're going to be messed up for a long time. It's much better that you cover with love, move on quickly, Keep in mind the big picture is you want to keep, you want to protect the people. You want to keep them safe. You want to guard your family. You want to guard your loved ones. Who's the real enemy here? Never get mad at the person, right? Especially if they're on the path and they're walking in righteousness or they're trying to learn. Let it go. Just whatever it is every day, brand new mercy. Never, brand new grace, never let the sun go down in your anger. Whatever it is before that sun goes down, you let it go, you give it to the Father, but you got to keep going. There's a bigger picture. When all this, you know, when all these things come in the end, what does it say in the book of Enoch? We're going to come to a time eventually where sin is not even mentioned anymore. So, I mean, they're already in heaven, like that attitude, like they're already letting it go. You might as well adopt that heaven culture of, I'm just going to let it go. It's just, by the 10th week, no one's even going to, we're just going to, we're not even going to mention sin anymore. So, it's just one of those things that, we can get the healing, whatever you gotta do to get for the forgiveness. Because we're cutting it out right now. Yeah, get the get the, walk in the forgiveness, and I want to encourage you: is you keep rising and raise the standards, you can help other people rise. Because any of those things that anyone has ever manifested that hurt you in any way, it literally is going to change as they go up. That's not even actually who they are. They probably don't even remember saying that to you if it was like a demon possession. They I mean they might. Yeah. And they do have to take responsibility, but what I'm saying is, this is not old church age where nothing ever changes and oh, I'm just all hurt. 
this actually can heal and make a permanent change to that person who they were then isn't going to exist anymore. And you're going to be like Enoch. You're going to, to be an Enoch generation, you're going to have to let it go. Tenth week Enoch generation is the sin's not even mentioned anymore because we're over. It's gone. So how does it get gone? You go up. Don't wait for others. If you're waiting for your family members, your friends, your loved ones to get delivered or to stop acting that way that, that hurts you, or whatever it is, just cover them with love and grace. Don't go around talking about it, complaining about it. If you got a, if you have any complaint, just take it directly to the Lord and let him know how it made you feel. Pour out your heart to him and let him know your true intentions that you want to love them, you want to forgive them, but you're having difficulty overcoming that offense. If you're just honest with God, it's much faster and you just get it done, get taken care of instead of like, oh, they did, did this to me. It's like, okay, okay. It's not gonna work, you know, just whatever it takes to get the healing. I know some of those wounds can run really deep, but it's possible. I mean, if we can get healing, he anybody can get healing. healing. By yeah. stripes, you are healed. So you just gotta drink the blood of Jesus and get over yourselves. Yep. You just, self pity is the highest form of pride. You just need a Corona Rita. <laughs> and it? understand one of the greatest aspects of wisdom is understanding the weaknesses of the flesh. Yeah. Understanding all the process of immaturity into maturity. And if you don't have wisdom for it, you'll be unrighteous mm -hmm. towards others and yourself because mm -hmm. you don't understand grace and mercy of Jesus Christ saving you that much yet. So you got all this immaturity fighting each other like, you know, kids inside a nursery school fighting over toys. <laughs> he touched me. I didn't touch Because they don't know the teacher well enough yet. That there's infinite classrooms upward as you ascend yeah. on the holy mountain and be there. So we're going to grow in mm -hmm. tremendous wisdom. And wisdom is the same thing as true divine agape love. Yeah. God's infinite wisdom was manifest how? Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And there's few people whose crosses are big enough to expunge the evil impulse of demonic influence. Most people still channel the opinions and the thoughts of evil spirits, even if they're really on fire for God. Mm -hmm. Like Peter was really on fire for God. He'd sacrificed his business, mm -hmm. his family, everything in the whole universe, and he still channeled Satan. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not even an aspect of how sacrificial and dis much of a disciple yeah. you are. It's the elevation of the cross of how much you've ascended into mm -hmm. the heavens. Right. That correction is not rejection. I think that's, let's get out that playbook again of the enemy. Let's yeah. say you've already given up everything to follow Christ. You're a regular tither. You've sacrificed everything you do. You know, you're trying, you're, you're doing the classes, you're trying your best. And then there comes correction, right? You're manifesting the demonic. Now, there's an opportunity there for either side, the you know, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of hell to have a win at that moment in your life. But what you have to understand is when that kind of correction comes in, even if, if it's a severity uh, from correction the Father. Correction is true love. Yeah. That correction <laughs> is not rejection. I know a lot of people have rejection when by the time you get here, there's been so much rejection. That's such a You got to get that healed. And understand that even, however, you might even be above the sun, a few planets high. You might be through like three out of four of the cosmic tree worlds and just soaring. But there's still going to be correction. And that correction is not rejection unless you reject the correction yeah. and take offense and stay offended and refuse to change, attacking the correction as you know attacking your destiny or attacking your identity that's where it gets dangerous and people go into captivity in the enemy camp so understand 
my being corrected, even in severity, is not rejection, but that correction is what's going to allow me to go higher, further, faster, which means I'll be able to receive more of the love of God if I can receive the correction versus just getting offended or saying they're putting me down, things They'll like that. They'll find another ministry yeah. that won't correct me. That's what they usually right. do, and they just never grow the rest right. of their lives. Just allow the human being to live as an animal mm -hmm. instead of the angel ever being formed on the inside, and they're forfeit, mm -hmm. and they'll never complete their destiny. And it's very sad because that's what most people have done so far, but we're going to learn from our mistakes, mm -hmm. and you've learned from watching other people's mistakes severely. Many times the yeah. first instance of correction in their discipleship of Jesus Christ. They betray. And they turn on you and, and murder you and become mm -hmm. spiritual enemies and get into the demonic. It severely. shows you it's the wrong. it was the wrong fruit that's there. It, sometimes it can be really difficult to make a recovery from that. And it can alter. De that's what it gets into altering destinies. It may not be the same destiny they're originally going to have. And this really is a you generation really don't of want spoiled to go for that. brats. Yeah. It's really intense how spoiled American Christians are in this Laodicean church. They're rich, they're clothed, mm -hmm. they see, they're full of Bible knowledge, and so I don't need correction. I already have all the knowledge, the clothing, all this stuff, and Jesus Christ comes in with a different opinion in Revelation 3. You're wretched, poor, pitiful, blind, and naked American Christian, and they freak out and kill him. And we've seen that thousands of times because the Laodicean church is a church of spoiled, rotten people who mm -hmm. are a bunch of know-it-alls, and there has to be severe humility instituted sovereignly from heaven through angels in order to save the Laodicean church, which this generation is in America. As you come out of Babylon the Great, you're coming out of the seventh church of the church age, Laodicea, and it's the worst because they have it all. You all have 15 Bibles. You got the internet. Half you've been to Bible college. You've been studying scriptures since you're three years old. And you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And when you tell people that nowadays, they react negatively to the truth because God's standard of righteousness is correcting the earthly so it can come into the heavenly. Right? And so what you're mm -hmm. fighting against is Satan and the pride of the people that have knowledge without wisdom. Right. And think about it. If you had something going on, would you really want to be told a lie? Think about your long-term spiritual health, your destiny, all the good promises that God has, all the good thoughts he has towards you, you know, knowing him, knowing his ways, experiencing his love. If you understand his ways, you understand that when God brings correction, even severe correction, it's simply to remove that dross, to remove that dust, that earthliness, to circumcise the heart so that you can receive more of his love because that thing that he's being severe against inside of you is what's blocking you from receiving more of him. It's what's blocking you from walking in a destiny. Like that same thing you think somebody has what you're supposed to have and now you're in jealousy and not knowing that it's jealousy and like that's supposed to be mine. I don't know what happened. I got delayed. You know, this is just a common thing throughout all of bewitched Christianity. And if you know the demon playbook and then you know the father's ways, you can understand that if you go into the panic and the worry and the confusion and the jealousy and the looking at what other people have and saying, that's mine, that's supposed to be mine, don't play into the enemy's playbook. Stay calm, stay humble, receive the correction when God brings it. God, It's never God's way to just 
come in, severely correct you, and just be done with you. He gives everybody a chance. He gives everybody a fair chance. So when that correction comes, if you understand, this might feel really severe to my emotions and identity right now, but I'm just going to stay calm and stay humble and say, Lord, have your way. And understanding his way, he wants to remove something so that you can experience more of him. And that's going to accelerate your destiny. Don't let the fear and the panic say that that's what's holding you back from destiny when it's the very thing that will save your destiny. But didn't you know prideful know-it-alls inherit the earth? Oh wait, <laughs> the meek inherit the new earth. Humility, Amen. which means there's no inheritance or longevity except you get married to humility, which is the marriage of the lamb. What's the lamb? I'm a sacrificial offering entirely. <laughs> that is perfect humility. His name is Jesus Christ, and we're growing in it. That's the only way we'll right. ever grow in wisdom. And and also keep in mind... Isaac saying, I'm the offering. <laughs> I'm the offering. <laughs> Say, I'm the offering. Yeah. All right. Hey, there's some willing, some willing hearts. Burnt offering. Willing, burnt. Y'all burnt up. But they're going to be high after reading their Bibles tonight. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. And only in becoming the burnt offering, if you read the story... Genesis 24, do you understand Jehovah Jireh? Mm -hmm. So it's only through self-sacrifice as you and I, human beings, the human being is the burnt offering, the human sacrifice, mm -hmm. holy and acceptable to God, a living sacrifice. Then do you know God is the creator of wealth, Jehovah Jireh. Mm -hmm. And it's in that context. First, you offer yourself constantly as the burnt offering. And just allow him to burn up your humanity mm -hmm. as a manure pile more and more. All your human knowledge and mm -hmm. philosophy and Christianity. Human Christianity be the main blockage you deal with. This generation is just completely filled with it. In fact, most people after they get born again, curse themselves and just fill themselves up with information. Mm -hmm. And I never hear from them again. They're never relevant again. And they're out there just doing strange fire for the next 40 years mm -hmm. in the wilderness, wandering around, dying in the sin mm -hmm. with snakes hanging off their arms. And it's a mess. But if you can come out of that mess and not get bewitched and repent from bewitchment and all externalism and develop the divine God sperm seed inside mm -hmm. your spirit, you will rise on the holy mountain within you and be joined to another <laughs> and live in the glory cloud and see the angels and be discipled by the angels like Enoch who was discipled by Archangel Michael. And this will become your normal standard of all Christianity in the new mm -hmm. earth. Through what? Meekness. Mm -hmm. Humility that inherits new earth in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so Amen. keep in mind, you know, never compare your chapter 3 to somebody's chapter mm. 27. That's a good word. Right? <laughs> never compare your chapter 7, which is the very beginning video of our Intro to the Masterclass, to somebody's chapter 7,777, yeah. like Metatron, you know? The angels are going to be better than you at all things. Knowledge and understanding and wisdom. We're made lower than the angels for a time. Jesus made lower than the angels for a time, but there's an opportunity for you to rise in righteousness. And when God gives you the opportunity, when you're in your chapter three or your chapter seven, to be around someone in their chapter 27, or in the presence of the angels 11, level 9,000, or just anyone who's in a later stage of growth with a similar destiny, Instead of going to bitterness or strife, envy, understand that God probably put them in your life in, in some sphere of influence or another to encourage you and actually accelerate your growth. So when you choose humility and you choose love, 
that has the potential to accelerate you to walk into your destiny faster. That's God's heart towards you. It's not so that you can, oh, why did you bring me here to suffer, you know? <laughs> it's not like that. And you have to understand, people might say, oh, well, that's so easy for you guys to say. You have such a cool destiny and you have all these cool experiences. We all started with zero experience, with zero knowledge of destiny. Or at least for me, that was the case. I had no idea. And this is one of those tests that, you know, I've already passed. Uh, before I knew anything about my destiny, I never even considered the thought, hadn't even entered my imagination to ever be like an apostle. Like, it didn't exist until, like, you know, a Brandon was the one to tell me. And I was just like, what? Really? Like, it was sh completely shocking. But before any of that happened, my test, you know, in God's heart, he introduced me to some, I, I had to be friends with someone who I thought that, you know, whatever I thought, what I thought my destiny was going to be, or some kind of thing, the little promises that are deep to you, that you know God has for you, but you don't understand it, in somebody else. And so I had to go through that whole thing of, oh, wow, that's theirs? I thought that was supposed to be mine. Oh, like, what? It was just like, the whole shocking, like, what? Really? I thought that was going to be me. You know, that whole mentality so but what it got her he tested my heart in this so he let me believe that for all to just see how i would react and so but what my choice was i said okay god if that's what you've decided and this person is above me and this is your person that you chose to do this i will serve them i will be a faithful friend i will not be jealous so i passed that test already so imagine someone having like what you you know god's given you a measure of what you, you believe your destiny is going to be and all of a sudden now you believe it's somebody else and they have it and you don't. And I said, my reasoning was, well, yeah, you know what? I probably don't deserve that kind of a thing anyway. And if God, I said, God, if this is what God's doing, I'll just, you know, I just got to believe that whatever God is going to do in my life, it's going to be awesome. His ways are perfect. I'm not going to question his ways. And so I can be, what can I do to be helpful to this other friend uh, who's going to walk in that? and just trust that it's so i already passed that test so i know people are like oh it's so easy for you now like i had to pass the same test you know it's across the board for everybody can you serve others who look like they're going to be receiving something better than you and be comfortable with that for eternity? Elijah and Elijah. Mm -hmm. are you a servant or are you a tyrant <laughs> no i don't know but you know it's something that got let god work that out it takes time but let let that word just sink in I wanted to sow that into you because it's somewhere I've really overcome and God has really blessed me and so, and that's by grace. I had to pray and I asked him, you know, for the help with that and he did, he granted it. So you can overcome that and what that did for me, I mean, it ended up, all that stuff, it not even ended up being true about the other person, but I passed my test and from that point on, my destiny started really accelerating, but you've got to pass those jealousy tests. Overcome envy and strife. Yeah, you got to pass those tests. And His grace is enough for you. You can rest in knowing that if you're just obedient to God and you're humble and you walk in His ways and whatever God has for me, I'm going to go for it. And I'm not going to worry about what some, He's given to somebody else. He's a generous God. And so the more you can lean into that, you're going to be happy. You're going to be content. And it's actually going to accelerate your destiny, you know? Yep. And that's what we want for you, so it's going to be good. Amen. Second King, Kings 4.10 and all of that overcoming jealousy stuff is really portrayed perfectly in the Bible of Elisha, mm. who was faithful 
to Elijah. Yeah. Elijah had a great school of many kids learning the ways of the prophets. How you actually get the double portion. And Elisha's the only one that got it. Why? Because he's the only one that overcame envy and strife. So it's pretty rare, but Jesus Christ in you can easily help you do it. Mm -hmm. But the reaction of a carnal person, which is unbelief, is to attack someone who's already in their destiny. So the evidence that you're an infant in Christ is that you're still wrestling envies and strifes, mm -hmm. which is the demonic, inside your carnal members. Mm -hmm. And Jesus has already conquered that stuff. You recognize mm -hmm. it, confess it as sin, mm -hmm. bring it to the Lamb of God in your belly, and He will wash it out of you as... Mm -hmm gross darkness. And I want to say something real quick. Do that as quickly as you can because yeah. those kind of things can cause delays and if it's not dealt with, eventually it can kill your destiny. Absolutely. And so when Elisha got the double portion by overcoming envy and strife and just being a faithful servant to somebody apostle, else, a different apostle human. Elijah. A human. Mm -hmm. Elijah was a human like you and I except when he prayed it stopped raining. <laughs> yeah. He had control over everything. He was Weather control. a cosmic Christian. Yeah. He symbolized the sons of God in your day. This Elijah company will be entirely cosmic and in order to come up you will have to be an Elisha. It's not optional. Mm -hmm. You don't go straight to Elijah. You go through Elisha. You become a faithful servant written on your leg of Jesus Christ, formed in brothers and sisters more mature than you, otherwise you never go up. Right. Because you come to a place where you begin to attack other brothers and sisters, well, you just forfeit it going any higher. Mm -hmm. You're done. Like now the demons actually become your masters over that sin you have towards your own mm -hmm. brothers and sisters in Christ. So you got to go back into humility, get more crucified in your envy and strife. And because this is the body of Christ of mostly infants, mm -hmm. you deal with that in almost all the leaders right. in Christianity right now that pretend mm -hmm. to be mature, but are actually, according to God's ranks and authorities, extremely immature. And if that sounds like you, and if that's you right now, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's something I've sinned in, we're believing tonight at the reading of this word that Brandon's releasing, now that you're going to be forgiven, then that's going to be washed off of you for just a brand new start, for no more of those kind of delays with that, and just for forgiveness. All right, so the Shunammite woman. One day Elijah went to Shunam, where an important and great woman lived. She begged Elijah to stay and eat, so every time Elijah passed by, he stopped there to eat. The woman said to her husband, I know that this is the holy man of God who passes by our house all the time. Let's make a room for him on the roof and put a bed in the room for him. We can put a table, a chair, a lampstand there. And when he comes by, he can say, She remodeled her house and commanded her husband that we are taking and spending money on this prophet and forcing him to stay here by making accommodations for him. That is wild. So... It's important that you understand here, this woman became great because she decided to spend her household money on the prophet. And that's exactly what it says. She commanded the husband. She took charge over the house. The, the husband would have never have spent money on the prophet. It says the woman was great because she spent the money on the prophet. So the prophet stayed in her house. And said, so you have done all this for me. You have remodeled your house. You put a table, a bed, a lampstand, a chair up here in the upper room. It was a house on top of a house that she built for the prophet. Which means she raised the prophet's house over her house so that her house was not more important than the prophet's house. Okay, so that is understanding how money works mm -hmm. in the new covenant 
101 that God's prophets are more important in serving them than your own house. If you don't have that, forget any next part of this afterwards. Mm -hmm. She was barren and her husband was so old he was past having children. Okay, So it's like an Abraham and Sarah situation here. But because she elevated the prophet's house and financed the prophet's house as more important than her own, Elisha said, ask of me of anything and I'll grant it for you. Oh, She's on. like, no, I'm just happy you're here. She's like, no, 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 no. come <laughs> on, man. No, 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 no. No, and the, okay. Elisha insisted. She asked, well, I want a son. She gave birth the next year to the prophet Habakkuk because of what she did. That's where Habakkuk in the Bible came from. It's mm. from blessing Elisha That's and good. building a house for him over her own house. So when you really overcome envy and strife, Giving to the prophetic is easy. And what will happen? She got the desire of her heart. She birthed a generation of prophets mm. after her. She got better than the desire of her heart. <laughs> you serve the prophet, you get the prophet's reward. And what was the reward of the prophet? An own pro- her own prophet came through her own belly. The very blessing first her bloodlines forever in the heavenlies. The very, in Jesus' name. very so first meal delivery service, right? Habakkuk to Daniel in the lion's den. Habakkuk's happy meal, delivery service, by the power of God. What a generation, huh? Awesome teaching on finances there. So Left good. you guys. Give in the description. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Love you guys.